is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Sorsay, Oh my. <laughs> when you step up to the table, you eat what you pull. Oh my. My balls are sweating. Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. Welcome to the Desperate Mothers Podcast. I'm CJ Watson. I'm Jack Fisher. And sitting in with us all the way from Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Is uh, Daniel. Daniel. It's more exotic when you just give the first name. Exotic. It's like Cher. Like Cher. (laughs) Or that female musician. Sting. No, no, the female one. Yeah, but... It's Daniel. It's not. It's like share. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to look for a guy with one word name like Edge. Yeah. Sting. Bono. Okay. I I wasn't going to talk about share. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't mean Sonny. No. <laughs> okay, so this week um, we start off with sad news. Yeah, we had a passing of a of a great actor. Um, Saruman. But we knew he died anyway. Yes, but we, we hope that the actor that played him would live forever. Well, he might. He did play Dracula. That that gives us hope that... Uh, that he will rise again. He will rise from the grave and continue to, uh, to make great movies for us. So Christopher Lee, 93... 93 years young. Um, I think he made um, about a million movies. His production credits on uh, IMDb uh, are long and impressive. They scroll into all the way into the Wayback Machine. You just keep going back and back and back. and You have to go into the archives. 281 as an actor, they list. That's crazy. That is. Probably more than Michael Caine. It's a joke, Michael Caine. Like, there's no role he'll turn down. And really, if you're an actor, there shouldn't be. I mean, if people were coming up to me and saying, "Please be in my stuff," or "We'll give you a role," I'd like to think that I would be so enthusiastic that I would take practically anything. I I think right now, regardless of your enthusiasm, you would take anything. I would take almost anything. Almost. Yeah, I probably would not do porn. You wouldn't do porn, okay? No, because once it's out there, you can't. Yeah, I'm not into the chubby porn, so I don't, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I just wouldn't do it. So your 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 limit is you wouldn't do anything that you wouldn't want to watch yourself in. Which is why I don't put myself in front of the camera all the time, or hardly ever. The last time I was in front of the camera was like a hundred pounds smaller, and that was. A while ago. Yeah, like 97, 97, the last time I was in front of any camera. So we're trying to come up with what our favorite um, movie was that uh, Christopher Lee was in. And uh, my choice uh, was all the Dracula movies. Um, I I loved the over-the-top, um, the the. For the time, crazy, sexy, um, not Christopher Lee, but the, the actresses that joined him in the movies. Um, Though he had a striking figure yeah, in his youth. Yeah, I'm not saying that wasn't there. I mean, there's a reason he was, what was he, Dracula? Count Drago in Castle of the Living Dead. He was, uh, he was Fu Manchu in the Fu Manchu movies in the 60s. You probably don't get a lot of airplay because of their blatant racism, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, standards have changed. Yeah, yeah, but Dracula—he was a pretty badass Dracula, and he like seduced the hell out of those seventies chicks. Yeah, though th- those movies were kind of hot. <laughs> but yeah, no, Count Count Dooku. Yeah, he was Count Dooku, and probably the best of the worst Star Wars movies. The Star Wars was it two? Episode two. Episode two. Episode two, and and um, I believe that uh, that little that little shit Vader wannabe or what he would be eventually become. He's the one that got executed with the double lightsabers to the head. 
Yep. Remember that scene? Cross Sabers by, what's that guy? Um, Chris, Hayden Christensen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little can't actor. Just whoosh. That was uh, a beheading. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you totally missed that on the microphone. It was my fingers just <laughs> brushing off against each other. and Yeah. Of course, with uh, with lightsabers, uh, they cut and cauterize instantly, so you don't have the opportunity for the Quentin Tarantino esque fountains oh, yeah, of blood. Yeah, that arterial and, spray. Yeah, yeah. That's it's that's why it's really not satisfying. You have to have murder in your heart and really, really love the fact that you're killing. As a Jedi, if you decide to kill with lightsabers or with the force power of the crushing. Because you don't get bathed in the victim's blood like you do with traditional weapons. Well, I think with with the force power, you know, you could get some spectacular splattage going on there. And you gotta wonder, if you're a Sith and you're killing someone with force power, is there some kind of vampire suckage happening there? I mean, are you getting some of their life force? Well, yeah, I, I think that you're you're claiming their life force. Man, that's got to be happening. Kind of Highlander-like? Remember the Highlander movie series? Yeah. yeah that. You kill the other guy and you become imbued with their energy? You absorb their energy. Yeah. And become more powerful. Yeah, you got to wonder. I mean, because the Sith can't be as just superficial. We're, we're bad because we have to be. There's got to be something else deeper going on. It, there has I hope, but this is from the guy who gave us fucking teddy bears killing stormtroopers. Maybe there's not something deeper going on. Yeah, he um, he destroyed an armor brigade with... Teddy bears. Teddy bears. Teddy bears. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking stormtroopers. I'm telling you, I say it all the time. <laughs> all the stormtroopers that survived the Battle of Endor. Like, all those things that you normally find peaceful and soothing and calming... They experience post-traumatic stress from them. Teddy bears, terrifying. Um, camping in the woods, horrifying. I, last time I was in the woods, teddy bears mashed my buddy with log. <laughs> it's just awful. I mean, you're thinking, yay, go teddy bears. But if you're on the other side, if you're a clone... So are you saying that the uh, Star Wars or, Episode Two was your favorite Christopher Lee movie? No, I wouldn't go that far. No, I don't ever want anyone to hear me say Star Wars Episode Two was my favorite anything. <laughs> it was the best of the bad movies. Um, no, I mean, Lord of the Rings, him being Saruman, that was awesome. Lord of yeah, the Rings. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a pretty badass Saruman. That was just all kinds of good. He just made you... Are you kind of rooted for Saruman? You see where he was coming from, you know? Except he was evil, so maybe not. Well, I, I think for a while there, he he played the good. Is he evil? Is he is he just power hungry? Is he is he wanting to oppose Sauron? Um, but ultimately, he fell under Sauron's control, as did the good many people in Middle Earth. Uh, people and other things. Yeah, orcs. Well, orcs aren't people. Uh, orcs are not people. Orcs are like Middle Earth Nazis. They are the equivalent of stormtroopers. They're, for the most part, faceless. They're mass-produced. They're just the embodiment of evil and... Well, who who sided with um, Sauron by choice? Nobody really does. It, you know, you had the, the evil southern races that... Uh, um, put their fortunes with him those aren't really detailed in the books or the movies like the italians the 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 swarthy southerners (laughs) but yeah i would have to say the lord of the rings movies followed closely by his his work in the 70s horror stuff because it was just phenomenal and it was always on rerun when i was a kid on the local channels yeah you could always count on uh, catching that late night early morning not so much in the middle of the day. No. Probably because it's unseemly to masturbate to uh, 
<laughs> sexually suggestive horror films in the middle of the day. <laughs> well, you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> and apparently it's between noon and 10 o'clock. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I was definitely a big fan of the uh, the vampire movies. Um, they hold up. I find them entertaining today, and I occasionally watch them whenever they're on. And I, I've been thinking about investing in the Blu-ray editions, but they're not cheap. They don't go down to five bucks. They... The production houses that put those out, the studios that put those out, they know that they have a fan base, and they're going to sell just to that fan base, and people looking for <laughs> the Blu-ray edition of San Andreas aren't going to buy The Blood of Dracula. So, Danny, uh, do you have uh, anything that you associate with uh, with the actor Christopher Lee? Not really, no. Um yeah. I guess I can never really say I knew who he was. I mean, I know him by his characters. Yeah. But that's about it. Now, for our, our listeners, uh, Danny is a little younger than, uh, say, myself or CJ. Yeah, a little, like, decades. Decades. Yeah. Like, more two yeah. decades? Yeah. You make it sound like it's many more than just two. Well, more than one. That's a lot yeah. to me. <laughs> 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 One's kind of a lot. Two definitely is a lot. But I, I think he's almost uni- universally recognizable from his role in Sauron, or uh, Lord of the Rings as Saruman. Um, oh, oh, not Danny. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christopher Lee. I mean, I, I think if you showed uh, his character to practically anybody in any city on on anywhere on the planet, they would. Oh, yeah, I, I know that guy. Either that or Count Dooku. You know, I don't think as many people would recognize him from that role. No? No. I recognized... Well, I didn't know who he was, but when you showed me that picture, I knew exactly what that was from. Yeah. So. He, 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 got, he got humbled by badass Yoda. He got driven away. Remember? He was about to kill little Darth Vader. Yep. It would have done everybody a, a big favor. Oh, I know. Fucking Yoda, piece of shit. <laughs> Could have saved us a whole fucking bad movie. <laughs> well, if that happened, then we wouldn't have had the three good ones. Well, no, we would have had those. <laughs> because you can't go back and unmake them. No. But then the story wouldn't make sense. <laughs> well, <I'll> just... <laughs> It's Star Wars. It nothing makes sense. After the first three movies, I was afraid it didn't make sense. <laughs> the first three, which is really the second batch, the prequels, the prequels, they just hurt. I'm so excited about the new one, um, the new Star Wars movie. I'm glad that Harrison Ford didn't kill himself, no matter how hard he tries. <laughs> so what do you? Uh, uh, he had the accident on the set, uh, and then he had the he accident. Had, he had the... A, a plane crash, and then he insisted on like flying off in a helicopter just like, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that that's not so crazy. It is when you've just had two accidents almost kill you, <laughs> and you're like seventy nine years old. Well, I, uh, I personally have been in one plane crash only to get on another plane and fly home. Yeah, but you didn't spend time in the hospital life right after that. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, there was no hospitalization in, involved. So, a little bit of a difference. I mean, ballsy. Big brass ones right there. Or just, you know, you were shocked to get on an airplane. <laughs> no, no, I, it, it was just a matter of practicality. Yeah. Uh, we had flown in one airplane with the intention of, uh, after we finished with that airplane commuting back to our, our base of operations in another small aircraft. Well, the laws of probability say the next flight's going to be pretty darn it's safe. It's going to be pretty safe because you're pre-disastered. Yep. You are, the likelihood of you being involved in two uh, air disasters in one day are pretty small. Right, you get on the news if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to talk about you. Man not allowed to fly again. <laughs> because the air... The, the the TSA officials say, no, dude, two in a row, we're not going to take that chance. That's beyond coincidence. <laughs> you get flagged as a terrorist. Like you got gremlin, little gremlin in you. So, yeah, I'm going to go with um, 
I'm going to go with the Lord of the Rings movies. Christopher Lee, Saruman, really brought it home. Yep. And then Dracula, because awesomeness. So go out and uh, buy, I don't know. What's the sexiest Dracula movie? Awesome, buy that one. <laughs> if you're going to ask me a question like that, you, you got to give me a little advance warning. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. He was in the 73 Wicker Man. That was a fucked up movie. Yeah, I think I've actually seen that. And I, I remember it being uh, pretty crazy. Okay, so, yeah, that's it. Tribute for Christopher Lee. Go out and bite someone. Um, rest in peace, or... Or come back and give us a few more movies. Yeah. <laughs> you could do it. You were Dracula, I have faith. Now, I, I recently watched a uh, uh, an interesting modern take on vampire movies. Um, it was a movie called Byzantium. Um, it was about a uh, a mother and a daughter... The mother had become very sexy, <laughs> not as sexy as you want it to be. Um, the The mother had become a uh, a vampire. Uh, just prior to her becoming a vampire, she had had a child, an illegitimate child, and given up to an orphanage. So she becomes a vampire uh, while her daughter is being raised in an orphanage. Eventually, she decides that she doesn't want. The child is in danger, um, and she wants to rescue the child, and she ends up uh, creating a vampire out of her now more or less grown daughter. Um, and then wackiness ensues. Like it's a comedy? No, no, it's it's not wacky. Uh, it's sexy? Does she have to bite the daughter to make her a vampire? No, um, they have a uh, an interesting take on how people become vampires. Oh, doesn't um, sound fun. Now it it starred unless it's oral sex. <laughs> 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 it starred Gemma Adern, uh, Adderton, um, who you may recognize from such movies as Hansel and Gretel, Quantum of Solace, Clash of the Titans, Prince of Persia. She's a, a hot brunette and all those. Um, she plays the mother. And uh, the the movie that uh, I remember her co-star, uh, I can't pronounce her name. It's bizarre. This is the part that I'm going to use before the pre-roll. God, I can't pronounce her name, and I'd, I'd have to listen to somebody pronounce it several times. Hey, try again. I want to make sure I get a good take. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Seoisronen. Uh, she was the actress, that, the actress that played the little girl in the movie Hannah. I don't know if you saw that. Hannah was pretty excellent. Yeah, that that was uh, that's pr- interesting movie. Liked it, enjoyed it a lot. She played the the little. A little sociopath? Genetically engineered, uh, super... She was a little human. sociopath. Yeah. yeah. So she plays with the a, daughter. With a good heart. <laughs> Sociopaths don't have good hearts. <laughs> no, she, she, they, they said that her character, she was... Um, uh, had not... She wasn't totally without empathy. She just had a hard time... Getting, Connecting. Yeah, yeah. She didn't empathize. So story-wise, Hannah was really good. I mean, they bookended the beginning scene and the end scenes of the movie, which is classic storytelling examples. Like, remember when when they hunted? She hunted the deer, and she shot the deer with the arrow. And she says, just casually, matter-of-factly, oh, I missed the heart by a little bit. And then she had to put the deer out of the misery, and then that scene was bookended, bookends the movie at the end, where she does the same thing to the person after her so um is the takeaway there that she needs to be a better aim well it's just showing how you know she 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 was what she 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 was what she was meant to be it just 
thematically, well, the story was, you know, she was the hunter, and then she, she was the prey, and then she was the hunter and the winner again, and it was a nice book ending. It was a simple story element. Yeah. She was cold. Cold-hearted. So, in Byzantium, she plays... She's the conscious of the movie. She's the... Conf- she, oh, see what you did there? Kind of like the opposite of her role in hand. Yeah, the opposite. She she played the conscious of... The oh, wow. She's pretty now. Yeah. Um, and uh, her co-star is, is no slouch either. Um, but the... Um, the character played by uh, Gemma Adderin, uh, Adderton. At... Arterton? Arterton? Give me at Arterton. Keep that. going, it's gold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's the practical survivor. Uh, she does whatever she has to do to survive. Isn't that Gemma? 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 I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a retard, so I can't pronounce names. Okay, so you're saying that's a must-watch? That's a kind of watch? It's I, I think it's a definite watch. It's got a six and a half on the IMDb, so it must be good. Yeah. Um, it's It's got uh, an interesting story, and I'm, I'm trying not to spoil too much of it. I, I know that runs counter to everything that we do on this we podcast. We spoil everything We here. spoil everything on this show. Uh, but I'm trying not to spoil too much of it. Because uh, okay, I'm just saying. Then I'm going to add that to my vampire to watch list, right next to only lovers left alive, which is a Tilda Swinton kind of sexy vampire weird movie. In the only way that Tilda Swinton can be sexy is a weird way. Is a weird way. Yeah, she is. She's like the hottest little boy ever. <laughs> For a woman, she's. An attractive man. No, I liked her in Constantine. Oh my gosh, she was a knockout with that being an androgynous angel. She was a gay role, right? Uh, I actually haven't seen it. Oh my gosh. It's high in my list of movies that I want to see. Tilda Swinton is a sexy weirdo. Watch her stuff. Yeah, so... Um, I, I For some reason, I think of... David Bowie when I think of her. Well, he's a sexy of, weirdo, too. Same sort of androgynous, sexy, weird. So since we're on a movies bent, did you have any other movies lined up? You were talking about A Man from Uncle a moment ago. Yeah, Man from Uncle, uh, kind of a crazy 60s spy sort of... Uh, Who didn't love the show? It was It was campy James Bond done by actual English people. And not can't be James Bond done by American people. And the movie actually looks like they may be heading in the right direction. You think they'll do it right? Unlike the Avengers fiasco starring uh, yeah Sean Connery. <laughs> so yeah, it's coming out uh, in August. I think um, I think it's at August fourteen on the IMDb. Sure. So does it look dramatic and fun? Does it look like Kingsman? Does it look like Mordecai? Does it look like uh, Casino Royale? It looks more like... Uh, I, I don't think it's quite as uh, over-the-top as Kingsman. Mm-hmm. I think it's somewhere between Casino Royale and Kingsman. Because um, Casino Royale is kind of like... I mean, dude, seriously, it's born identity as James Bond. It's... It was a Jason Bourne, right? Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne is a thinly veiled ass kicking James Bond. So that's a pretty hardcore movie. So Man from Uncle is going to have a little bit. Did was there any fight scenes? Did you see any of that really tight, fast action, brutal fight scenes in it, or was it more? No, I I, I don't think it's. Uh, um the hyper brutal sort of Jason Bourne fight scenes. I think it's a little bit more, um, a little bit more Hollywood type fights. Was it flashy or was it gimmicky? Um, the, 
I didn't see an abundance of gimmicks in the trailer. Because I think Kingsman's a lot gimmicky. Kingsman was pretty gimmicky. And it, uh, in my opinion, Kingsman was pretty campy. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you had you know, the over-the-top violence and gore. So you think Man from Uncle looks to you like it's straddling that fine middle ground where you can get a little bit of the, the campiness, a little bit of the flashy fight? I'm hoping it has a little bit of camp, not not too much. Right. Need to keep a little camp to keep the connection to the, to the series. Right, because that's what a lot of people don't know. I mean, Man from Uncle was a pretty campy series. In fact, they had a spinoff <laughs> was a woman from Uncle. Um, and it was a very spy, gadgety show. Just it wasn't as campy as the Roger Moore James Bonds. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I, I'm really excited about that. So I was, I caught The Man from Uncle on um, reruns back in the 90s, I think, on TNT. TNT ran a lot of good late night reruns. Way back before Nickelodeon came out and bought all the old shows. Now. Same network, right? Sure. Whatever. Ted Turner. He owns cable. Now, there was a, for me, a beloved show um, that got turned into a very successful movie franchise, and that was Mission Impossible. But I hate the movie franchise. Ah, well, well. I, I know you're you're a, a Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. Yes, I, I'll be his apologist. <laughs> um, he's just an awesome actor. It, you know, I'm not going to argue whether Tom Cruise is an awesome actor. Um, I'm not going to argue whether he's a good action star. He is. I'm just saying, why did they call the movie series Mission Impossible? Because um, Mission Impossible, this, the television series, is all about this synergy of this diverse team of people that had skills that interconnected and support each other. They and, really should have called the movie series Tom Cruise is Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they could have called it Cruise Missile. Really? I mean, yeah. If you're a fan of the original series, they fucked all your characters in the in the, the movie that launched the franchise they have the pivotal character from the television series be a turncoat yeah it was unthinkable. And if you're... if The you, linchpin for the original series is a turncoat. You're like me. You were waiting for that last minute, you know, the god from the machine, for him to come down and say, I wasn't really a turncoat. I had to do this so we can out the mole and the bad guy, right? It it would have been better if it were an elaborate ruse. That's what I, and the whole movie I was thinking it's got to be that. It's, it's got to yeah. be that. Yeah. But it wasn't because that would have taken screen time away from Tom Cruise. Well, obviously people didn't fault it too much because they made three more. <laughs> and they made a lot of money. Rogue Nation, I'm excited for. Yeah. Which is Tom Cruise against an entire nation. <laughs> because finding fighting individual masterminds is no longer enough of a challenge for him. Nope, nope, nope. Tom Cruise is going to take out a whole nation. And it's a nation so evil, it's rogue. The whole nation's gone rogue. You can't yeah. even find it. It's like Cobra. You, you know, we, sh- we should just airdrop Tom Cruise into Syria and let him sort the mess. Kill them all. He'll find he'll find the evil head of the whatever that is. <laughs> we probably don't even know the right name. So Rogue Nation, I'm totally excited about, and we know Jurassic World is opening today. Yeah. So obviously we haven't seen it yet. So <laughs> it's kind of stupid. Well, to talk I, about. it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility with people that have skills that are sitting in this studio right now. <laughs> I, I would not doubt your ability to <laughs> to come up with a copy by tonight. <laughs> I would not doubt your ability to come up with a copy last night. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to see that. I got to see that this weekend. It's the summertime. You got to do the movie. Now you were saying that you had an opportunity to see Jurassic World last night. 
I did. I got a text yesterday morning from my friend, and uh, UNLV was putting on a uh, show at Town Square, which is kind of on the strip somewhere. And I was kind of fighting with myself whether or not I wanted to go, if I wanted to go fight the crowd of people standing in line for maybe like two hours or whatever just to get in. Didn't really want to do that. Then I got on the phone with my mom. She told me I probably should because I'm on my vacation, so to speak. It's like, okay, what the hell? I'll do it. And when I went online to go buy the ticket, it was sold out. Hmm. And then all my friends were texting me when they got there asking me where I was. And oh, yeah. I was nowhere to be found. Why were you not there to share that beautiful moment with them? And then you would know. have seen the show, and then you would be know. able to talk about it right now. You could spoil it. I mean, I could. The, the one thing that you could. will learn if you ever listen to any of these podcasts is that we have a, a thriving tradition of spoiling everything that we talk about. Um, which is, you know, so it's slightly uncharacteristic of us to show any restraint when we're talking about uh, movies and. That's true. With, without revealing critical information yeah like we we like the some of us like the walking dead and so we spoil the fuck out of the show <laughs> i'll let my roommate know not to listen to your podcast because he'll probably make a trip out to lancaster and kill somebody <laughs> he almost jumped through a computer screen and killed somebody for spoiling something on facebook yeah he was pissed off for weeks yeah we, we don't need any vengeful listeners <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Any listeners good listeners? Well, yeah, that's true. And vengeful listeners could bring publicity, and uh, that could generate ratings. <laughs> or at least more listeners. Or, yeah, at least more listeners. <laughs> It'd be nice to get into the 30s. <laughs> so one of the cool things about having a podcast on, uh, uh, on the iTunes or... Uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell they call it, mm-hmm. is you get statistics of how many people actually downloaded. Now, you don't know if any of them actually listened to it, but you know that they downloaded it. Yeah, so you can see how many downloads you got. Now, do you guys put it out anywhere for people to find it? or Well, it's on iTunes. Um, well, other than that, do you guys put it out? Like- D- do you promote your own show? Yeah. Beyond that, no. <laughs> <laughs> we got a website. The website's had like 8,000 hits. Um, yeah. What about your Facebook, though? We got a Facebook page for the Desperate Mothers. It, mm-hmm. Isn't it a private page? No, we have, a fi- we have a private page for communication between us, and then there's a oh, Desperate Mothers okay. fan page. Okay. Um, and it's on Stitcher and some of the other pod hubs. But so you do a little bit of promotion. Very little. Yeah. <laughs> and you know the importance of promoting your own material yeah yeah so if you say spent uh, five hours a day or a week promoting your material you could actually track the impact on the number of downloads that you you had yeah that's no fun (laughs) i used to do that all the time see the problem is that a lot of entertainers producers they they have this idea that anything is going to be fun (laughs) (laughs) well way way back when i was making my websites and, and doing that for a living i did a lot of search engine optimization and traffic building and it's a lot of grinding work it's not fun stuff you know, and, and and the podcast ain't selling anything. Yeah. And yet, m- yet, yet, yet. Oh, but interesting. We can we can change that. The podcast could be selling shit right now. In, in fact, you have merchandise. We do. We have the clouds. We have merch that you can buy on the websites. Um, I have a Klaus Bunny Iron On patch. Yeah. That I created. And it's it's pretty spectacular. It's not bad. I don't think I have one here. Oh, well, I have mine. I carry it with me every day. <laughs> okay. So the Klaus Bunny Iron-On patch is a design I came up with. I contacted um, a factory in China, and I had them create my Iron-On patch to my specs, promoting the show, uh, The Bunny Rabbit Tragedies. Well, you can hit thedesperatemothers.net for a link. 
There's a blog post with the direct link to the page. Now, this seems like a natural segue to to Kamikaze. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We uh, Desperate Mothers got our, our table confirmation from Kamikaze this week. So we are going to be setting up there. We don't know where we're going to be, but we're going to be in the small press area at this year's Stan Lee's Kamikaze. You're hoping we're going to be next to the ladies' room. I do. I love to see girls who have to pee. Because <laughs> you're just sitting there hoping that somebody springs a leak. Those lines get pretty long. If we're by the women's room, I'm going to rent a fountain or something to get that water trickling noise go. Get the uh, the power suggestion going. and But... In filling out the application for um, uh, the small press space, I, I pushed this podcast as something they can look at and make sure that we're actually entertainers of a sort. And they accepted your application. <laughs> well, they accepted my money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was the only thing that I really cared about. So... Uh, is there still an opportunity for them to come to their senses and return your money? Yeah, oh, always, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so. They decide I'm a total shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the table was pretty affordable in the small press, and a lot of the small press tables are pretty affordable. What I'm looking at is now you know, getting the banners, the, the horizontal banner to hang in front of the table, and then the verticals on the, on the sides, and they're going to be more than the convention space. Yep. Um, but that's reusable. It is reusable. That's, that's real property that you can use over and over again. And, you know, like Vistaprint has a service, so I'm going to give them a shot and a couple others. And I've used Vistaprint before for one-off T-shirts and stuff that I've designed for people for gifts. So I, I know how to work with them. And luckily, graphics is my thing. So now you just need to come up with people to man the booth. Yeah, for... Uh, when is this? Um, it's uh, Halloween weekend. Is it Halloween weekend or is it uh, Thanksgiving weekend? Halloween weekend. Okay. It's October 30th, 31st, and November 1st. Okay. So we're going to, if you want to come and bitch me out, if you've been listening to the Desperate Mothers podcast and you want to actually tell me what a shit I am to my face, Kamikaze is going to be the place to do it. We're going to set up there. We're going to sell some Bunny Rabbit Tragedy stuff. Hopefully we're going to push the show a little bit because we'll have some episodes done. Yeah. Um, hopefully be able to take some puppets there and talk to people. Because usually when I'm walking around a convention with Klaus, people just think I'm like a crazy guy with a puppet on his arm. Pedophile. <laughs> so. They, they see you as an unsuccessful cosplayer. Yeah. The fat guy with the puppet. <laughs> He's just doing that to hang around all the, the, the teenage scandal clad cosplayer. And they're right. <laughs> But no, we'll have the we'll, we'll have a table. I'll I'll, I'll take um, probably a stand similar to this where the puppets are standing up. Yeah, and we'll be able to introduce the world in a more formal setting to the bunny rabbit tragedies. Probably take Klaus and um, and Dez, a couple of the couple of ones that I voice, and maybe some of the the miscellaneous guys. Hopefully, all the French onion up there too. So it's it's a three day gig: Friday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. So Friday will be a light day. Sunday should be a fairly light day. Saturday will be the crazy day. They're anticipating 75,000 visitors this year. They had like something wow. like 61,000 last year when we went. Yeah. And we did the masquerade, remember? Was that, or was that? No, that was at. Uh, WonderCon? WonderCon. Yeah, because uh, you did your whole uh, injuring yourself uh, on the way out of the hotel. Oh, yeah. It's Kamikaze. At Kamikaze, yeah. Yeah. Man, that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, CJ being the avid exercise enthusiast and runner and, uh, you know, overall fitness guy that he is, <laughs> uh, I got us a hotel that was 
two miles from the, the convention, and we thought it would be cool to walk. Um, walking is not one of CJ's strong points. Well, not from a safety standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I used to walk every Walking day. and playing with dogs. Uh, two things you should not let CJ do. Also not so safe at the jogging. <laughs> But you do it a lot, and you've only injured yourself on occasion. Well, I guess you can say the same thing about walking. Yeah. You know, the the, the number of times that you've injured yourself walking is small. It's a tiny fraction of the actual amount of time you spent walking in your life. But yeah, yeah, last year's Kamikaze when, uh, let's see, what was it? We went, I, I went for a light jog that morning. Like, just did three miles or so. And then we went to Kamikaze. And my my heel was hurting, so I put one of those inserts in. <laughs> just the one side. <laughs> That's not a good idea. I didn't know that that was not a good idea. So, in all the walking and stuff afterwards, I ended up twisting my ankle. My other ankle. And so I couldn't walk very much the next day. And cons are, by their nature, walking intensive. You've got the the floor space, you've got stairs, you've got meeting rooms, you're walking up and down, back and forth. And then, of course, the two-mile distance to uh, to the actual hotel. Which normally wouldn't be anything except for my compounding injury. Yeah. I was talking to my doctor about that, and he was telling me it sounds like plantar fasciitis. Fasciitis. Sounds, yeah. sounds like a Nazi biologist or farmer. Nazi farmer. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fascist planter no and i still haven't really recovered from that uh heel injury that's why i'm not out running all the time now yeah get my steps in do my exercise eat my oreos well as much as i like to talk about your pain um you know we were kind of talking about uh, kamikaze and being there and promoting the show and so we're going to be promoting the podcast we'll do a podcast on a day when we're there yeah. So we'll podcast live, maybe. Maybe we'll Twitch stream. Anyway, we'll we'll record a podcast up there. We'll sell some Bunny Rabbit Tragedies merch. We'll have some bunnies there to talk to people and pretty much just schmooze, tell people what we're about, and let them bask in our glory or smell or whatever. Or laugh at our pain. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. But right now we've got uh, the Klaus Bunny patch that you can buy online if you can't make it to Kamikaze. We'll have those for sale uh, at the booth. I was thinking about making some uh, Velcro-backed ones. So if people have some items they want to Velcro and stuff to, you know, like Klaus on your BDU. Yeah. (laughs) Or on your con bag. Yeah, Uh, I, I, I frequently find myself wishing that I could apply a patch and then quickly remove it. Right. So you have to have little um, hook and loop rectangles on your clothing so you can just change it out. Well, doesn't everybody. Yeah. Like BDUs have them now, right? No. Or is that just enthusiast stuff? Yeah. Um, if you actually look at flight suits, um, the patches are applied to flight suits with, uh, with Velcro mm-hmm. uh, because... Uh, if you crash behind enemy lines, you want to be able to remove all identification markings and unit patches and name tags and everything and, like, bury them or burn them so that later, when you're captured and tortured, it takes them, you know, 30 minutes to get that information instead of... One. One. <laughs> it, it's mainly... It makes the air crew feel that they have an option. Uh, okay. It's a psychological thing. So our, our military heroes who listen to the show will be able to put <laughs> class on their uniforms. <laughs> yes. Um, air crew members um, who fly combat missions will be able to put a, a Klaus bunny on their on their uniforms. That would be badass. <laughs> And if you do, we would like you to send pictures of that too. Uh, anything at DesperateMothers.net. 
Like, I wore this patch at Desperate Mothers Not Seriously, I catch all email. I'm not even getting spam. I, I think we should have people send it to the bunny flies. The bunny flies. The fly. bunny flies. Yeah. The bunny flies at Desperate Mothers. Dot net. Dot net. All right. The catch all emails not catching nothing. <laughs> people are people want to communicate with you. They're just uh, they're waiting for the I, opportune moment. I get spam from the FrenchOnion.com and <laughs> nothing for the podcast. So yeah. Looking forward to that. Kamikaze, the Klaus Bunny Patch. And if you actually want to buy the Klaus Bunny Patch right now, you can you can hit the net website, check out my latest blog post, and go directly to the the store. It's a Square site. Yep. If you're not familiar with Square, the money charger swiper thing, that's how we'll get paid. So do they swipe their credit card across the, the screen? Sure. Is that, is that how it works? That is how it works. Do they wave it at their iPhone? They can wave it at their iPhone. Okay. I just can't cover up the number. Okay. <laughs> have to carefully <laughs> pass it in front of their iPhone. Or if they got the little chip involved in their neck like Tom Cruise does, they're going to just wave their iPhone by their chip when they're on the website. Dink, I want to buy that. I made a hand gesture where I put my iPhone <laughs> to my neck, and I said, dink, like it was getting this, charged. Uh, those <laughs> gestures are lost to uh, uh, to our audio listeners but uh, I have to assure you that they are golden moments in the studio <laughs> here <laughs> so I'm getting real excited about uh, so I got some time off right now from work between contracts yeah got a couple weeks so I'm getting real excited about the possibility of buying some Krispy Kreme donuts and some delicious hamburger sandwiches yeah and setting up a game of yummy Krispy Kreme burger roulette and you've you found uh, suitable victims for this? Well, I'm assuming you're going to eat. Yeah, you keep assuming that. Um, Adam has said he'll come back yeah. for the show to do that. To do that, okay. And uh, I've got another volunteer willing to inflict pain upon his palate. At my job in Las Vegas... We used to go to the gas station, get Krispy Kreme donuts, which was connected to a McDonald's, mm-hmm. and get sausage McMuffins, throw away the muffins, mm-hmm. and put everything that was in the middle between two donuts, and we call it the sausage McDonut. Nice. Yeah, kind of like the Luther. So I don't know if I told you about this game. Because right now I, I'm call, I called it, but I think we're going to change the location because it was originally Krispy Kreme... Habit Chick-fil-A Roulette. Oh. Crispy Habit Chick-fil-A Cream Roulette. Crispy Habit Chick-fil-A Cream Roulette. You take a, a selection of one of each of every Krispy Kreme top-selling donuts. One, one of the top 12. Now, now, the roulette is implied that there's some sort of spinning wheel that makes the selection for you. So your input into this is to spin the wheel and let the wheel decide... What combination you What get. combination? So then we take the six top different sandwiches. We assign donuts numbers 1 through 12. We put them in the hat. We assign sandwiches 1 through 6. We put them in a hat. You take two donut numbers. You take one sandwich number. Whatever you get, you replace the bun with donuts, and you eat. You could get a delicious pastrami on maple and lemon-filled donut sandwich. That sounds awful. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Or you could get a tasty um, raspberry and glazed bacon cheeseburger. I would do the glazed and bacon cheeseburger. Ah, but that's the roulette. (laughs) When you step up to the table, you eat what you pull. And there's lemon, and there's raspberry, and there's maple, and there's cream-filled, and there's chocolate, and there's pastrami, and there's fish, and there's chicken, and there's tri-tip. That's, that's the roulette. That's the awesomeness. Six players, no mercy. 
<laughs> now, what do the players potentially gain from participating in this? A lot of calories and cholesterol. <laughs> street cred. <laughs> I got all the street cred I can t- I can stand. Are you saying there should be some sort of prize or punishment? I'm saying that I need to get something out of this. <laughs> like a gift certificate for a burger or some donuts? I'll give you a pat on the back. All right. Um, You'll be doing this to um, entertain dozens, potentially millions. Potentially. Potentially. Because there, there are, in fact, millions of people that could download and listen to it. Well, we'll actually vidcast that. Okay. So we'll have a podcast. Oh, so this, this could be like YouTube viral. This will be on YouTube. Yeah. So this will feed the Desperate Mothers podcast. Let me know when this happens so I can drive back out here. All right. Do you want to eat a sandwich? I'll do it. All right. Well, with that sort of social pressure, I... I'm leaning towards consenting. So we almost I'll just have, do it. We almost have six. Jason won't do it. Jason said flat out, he's not going to eat anything that's not delicious. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It could be good. The I, sausage McDonuts were pretty good. Well, I imagine. I mean, sausage goes well with sweet stuff. I mean, like pancakes and everything. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of sausage that has sweet flavorings in it. You've got all sorts of maple sausage and... It's like me with the maple syrup on everything. Yeah. Like when they ask me if I want stuff at, at places and sauces, I always tell them, no matter what I order, maple syrup. At, at the drive-thru. He's going through, he's ordering a taco. They ask him, would you like some sauce with that? Yes, I'd like some maple syrup. Yes. With my taco. Yes. So you, you could probably do that at uh, Taco Bell now, but I can't imagine anywhere else. Uh, yeah. Well, Jack in the Box, it works. Oh, yeah, Jack because the they serve breakfast and they serve tacos. That's right. So, yeah, I was driving this one Jack in the Box one tacos. time, and I wanted some egg rolls, and so I ordered some egg rolls and they asked me what sauce I wanted, maple and syrup. I asked for maple syrup. That's gross. And they they gave it to him. Oh, it was hard though, yeah, because the people did not know what words I was saying. Because <laughs> I said maple syrup, but they did not understand those words. They'd never heard those words before. I'm sorry, sir. Did you ask for ranch dressing? So I, I pulled up to the window, and they're saying, what do you want? I said, maple syrup? And and they were looking at me blankly. I mean, they're not English as a first language people, right? They're just looking at me blankly. And then this lady from behind, super helpful, she goes, oh, this, this. And she holds up a little thing. It says, log cabin. Wow. <laughs> they didn't have maple syrup, but they had log cabin. And God bless her for finding that for me, because... You know what's awesome on uh, Jack in the Box egg rolls? Maple, Maple syrup. syrup. <laughs> also on pizza crust. Like you eat, ever, you eat pizza and you have the big crust at the end. Dip in maple syrup. Swear to God, it's like a pancake. No thanks. It's okay. awesome. I don't like a lot of syrup on my pancakes as it is. Well, you don't have to eat a lot of so You just dip it in, get no, a thanks. little bit. Well, Maple it, syrup. It's a little. It's a lot. It's whatever you want. I like my syrup on pancakes or waffles. And sausage. And bacon. Sure. The sausage bacon pizza. I'm gonna keep it breakfast. It, it gets it gets a little sloppy sometimes, so you can't help but get, you know, some syrup on your bacon. Yeah. Some... I just don't like syrup touching my eggs. That's it. Well, okay. That I don't, I don't like know. you don't like the sweet eggs? Nope. Yeah, I I can see that. No, I like everything else is fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to I have to um, not have maple syrup around because otherwise I'll be an incredible 400-pound man again. <laughs> Speaking of 400-pound man, yes, it it looks like you have a uh, oh yeah, that's really a flavor adventure. For I, us I love here. the fact that you know I was talking about how my surgery date got pushed back because I have the stomach virus that I have to deal with before my surgeon will will do my surgery. Your vertical sleeve uh, gastrectomy. Gastrectomy. Yeah, apparently I'm carrying the H. pylori virus, which a lot of people have in them, and it causes 
ulcers and could cause stomach cancer and blah 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 and they don't want to like do the surgery until yeah. you're virus free okay so i had to Goddamn start doctors fucking like, what do they know i could take a doc just do it just cut me <laughs> <laughs> but uh so no i'm on this 10 week uh um regimen of antibiotics and then medicine to increase the health of my stomach lining again before i can go in and check and get a surgery date but that's okay since i have to go back for another sleep study since they want me to wear a cpap machine now too so yeah yeah it's all raining and pouring at the same time but if those are the hoops that i gotta jump through to get the surgery then that's what i gotta do until then, we're going to eat Oreos, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> so last week, we ate some S'moreos, and we decided that they would have been better if they were covered in chocolate. Yeah, they, they needed more chocolate. Other than that, they were okay. They had a good graham cracker, they had a good marshmallow, but they were lacking on chocolate. This week, we have cotton candy Oreos. Now, Adam recommended these. Yeah. So uh, this, I guess, would be his contribution to the pot. He didn't buy them. So don't give him credit for buying them. But he recommended we try the, the cotton candy Oreos. So I hunted around for them. I didn't find them anywhere. And I had to go to the store that he said he found them at. And they only had two packages left. So if these are a discontinued so item. W- was this a 99-cent store? Was... No, this was a Target. Okay, okay. Target. It was a real store. A real store. A real store. So cotton candy Oreos, they're in a yellow package. They look like the golden Oreos. They look like the lemon Oreo packages. But there's a little pink cotton candy cloud on it. You know, and it looks like he's wearing cool Oreo sunglasses. And then he has like a tongue. <laughs> so the, the Oreos are gold. And they have blue and pink filling in there. So we are going to... Eat some Oreos. Okay, so I'm... Don't have to eat the whole thing. I'll eat the whole thing. Okay. Do you want more than one? Do you want a bunch of Oreos? Take two. Yeah, well, well, let me get a, okay. a second one there. Because they already smell really good. They yeah. smell like Oreos. Yeah. They smell sweet like the Oreos. Jack wants the back of the package. Yeah, I want the back of the package because i got to do the, uh, the analysis here. So I'm breaking mine open in half like I always do, and they are blue and pink on the inside. All right, well, similar to last time, um, serving two cookies, calories 140. 70 calories each. 70 calories each. So, bottom line is you probably don't want to give 10 of these to your kid. Because uh, that would be bouncing be, off the walls. That'd be 700 calories. 10 Oreos is 700 calories. Yeah. It's like half my calories for the day. 700 delicious calories. <laughs> hmm. Tastes like cotton candy. Wow. Yeah, that really tastes like cotton candy. Hmm. Super sweet. Yes. Like, not sugar, though. Like spun sugar. Yeah. That's a, that's a good taste. Yeah. I want to say it's almost a little fruity. I get a little fruity aftertaste. Yeah. I think that's just what you're putting in your mouth. But Hmm. Uh-huh. So, it's a little warm here in the studio. Mm-hmm. So these are getting a little, I think. I like the mushiness, though. Yeah. So, the cookie, this is like the golden cookie, I think. Mm-hmm. The golden Oreo cookies. The cream is sweet, but not vanilla-y. <clears throat> well, um, it nails it with the cotton candy. Hmm. You can you eat one of these, and you flash back to the county fair, where you ate so much cotton candy that... Uh, yeah, that cream, it's lively on the tongue. It's a really good combination. I hope these are regular. It says limited edition. But man, I would like that to be a regular edition because I would routinely buy those. I want to coat those in chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I like my cookies coated in chocolate. Like he likes his vaginas. Confusing. 
But definitely a must-buy if you if you want to try the Orioles. We had a lot to say. We have a lot to say about them when they suck. These are awesome. These are really good. Yeah, the um, the s'more Oreos, which they should have called s'morios. I don't know why they didn't. Probably because after tasting them, they were too embarrassed to put an awesome name like s'morios on them. Were they that bad? I haven't tried them. They, you know, they they had a marshmallowy taste to them. Uh, they had a graham cracker taste, but there was like zero chocolate. And how can you call something a s'more without the taste of chocolate? Too? Um, they should have been like is, those chocolate dipped Oreos with exactly, exactly. marshmallow filling, and then the cookie is a graham cracker. Right. That that's what it should have been, and it wasn't. So they they failed miserably. Do you guys remember those chocolate dipped Oreos? They still they make them. them. Did you? I haven't seen them in forever. Now they make half Oreos that are chocolate dipped. Oh, that's weird. I know. I really love the full Oreo that was chocolate mm-hmm. dipped. It was great. And then they made a white fudge one. Those were delicious. Now you get fudge dipped Oreos. They're like half the Oreo with the cream side, mm-hmm. and then it's dipped in chocolate. Okay, so why? I'm I'm salivating, and I want more of this. I, it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> It was really good. <laughs> but I also don't want to consume 140 calories. 300 calories or so. Yeah, I had one at 70 calories. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <sighs> Evil. Evil. It must be, these must be made directly in hell. All right, so uh, Nabisco will give you uh, props that for is, the, the cotton, really good cotton candy Oreos. Yes, we keep trying these weird, these weird cookie flavors. But cotton candy, not weird at all. Hope it, hope it becomes a staple or other people figure it out. Or Maybe if you have the recipe for the cream, you can send it to me. At, uh, I have the cream recipe <laughs> at DesperateMothers.net. <laughs> Somebody email me. <laughs> oh, there's birthday cake Oreos, too. Oh, yeah, those are pretty sweet. Like uh, frosting sweet. Yeah. Like bad store-bought cake. The buttercream? Yeah. Pretty good though. It's a little overwhelming and not like, tasty at all. Well, I think it's more like box cake frosting sweet. Oh, okay. It's not bad. I like that kind of frosting, but like the, the when you go to the, the, the grocery store bakery, the frosting. Oh, from when there. you get the buttercream, which is mostly like Crisco with sugar in it. Yeah, pretty much. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. That's why I make all my buttercream frosting with just mounds of butter. <laughs> It is awesome. It is excellent. It is mounds of butter. So, you got anything else? Uh, I think we should end on a high note. I uh, end on end on the recommending the Oreos and buy your tickets for Kamikaze now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to see the Desperate Mothers, um, you're going to see at least me. Now, this will give you an opportunity to view. Um, uh, maybe dozens of the spectacular puppets that are that are used uh, in the production, um, which actually should be beginning soon. Should be. Yeah. If yeah. I if I don't have the show started this summer, I think Sarah's going to kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> have you gotten over your uh, fear of letting anybody do something for you? No, not really. Okay. It might not happen this summer. <laughs> well, that's not entirely true, because I have asked people to come, and I've called them on their bluff. Oh, yeah? Yes. And nobody comes. So, I have called people on their bluffs to help. Okay. <laughs> but when they get here, though... If they, they don't get, get here. here. But if they were to get here, would you let them, like, do what... Not necessarily what they want to do, but, like... Do stuff. Do stuff. Yeah. 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 No. Instead of Jack doing helped it for me with them. the flats. Yes. He, he kind of built most of them. Well, yeah. I, I'm kind of a control freak myself, so um, you know, I offered to come over and help build the flats, which meant I came over and built the flats. Mm-hmm. I stood there and did what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a growing experience for me. Yeah. Being on the other end of that. Yeah, yeah. Not instead of just oh, I'll just do everything myself because I just do everything myself. That's why it takes me. That's why three years later we still don't have the show. 
This is a month, though. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe by month, I don't mean June. I mean June, July is the month. This summer, the show starts. Yeah. I'm. I and you know how I'm marrying that idea is that I have I have changed from calling it season one in my head, where I want everything to be perfect, to now I'm calling it the pilot season. That's a important frame of reference. Because we know everything can't be perfect. We don't have a ton of money. We don't have a ton of people behind the scenes making all the stuff happen. I know what I want to do, and I know what I can and can't do. And when we're faced with that, calling it anything but a pilot season doesn't make sense. So Bunny Rabbit Tragedies, the pilot season. No, I'll let people help. <laughs> all right, thanks for listening to the Desmond Miller Podcast. Uh, I'm CJ Watson. I'm Jack Fisher. And with us this week was... Daniel from Las Vegas. All right, hop on, people.